0: Thank you.
1: you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you, that's your desire this morning, that you want the Lord to show us your glory this morning? Amen. How many of you come expecting to receive today? I mean, really come expecting to receive from the Lord today. I promise you, if you've come expecting, ready to receive, you'll leave blessed today. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's great to have you this morning. Great to have all our visitors with us this morning. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're able to be with us today. We hope this is not your last opportunity to be in service with us. I believe it's going to be a great day in the Lord. Amen. It's just going to be good to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. Amen. If you don't feel good now, I just hope you feel good by the time the service is over with. All right. Look over to your neighbor. Just slap them a little bit on the shoulder. Say, hey, get to feeling better this morning. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. This is the reason I know that. If you're here this morning and you need healing, then the Lord's here to touch you. If you're here this morning, you need deliverance. Then the Lord is here to touch you today. If you're here this morning, you just need simply just a touch from the maker this morning, then you're in the right place to get your touch today. Amen. One more time, why don't you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Just remain standing. Ushers is going to get ready to wait up on you with our tithe and our offering right now. And we want to enter into our, this part of worship as well. We know what the scripture says. I'm not going to get up here and read a bunch of scripture. We've read it over and over to you concerning tithing and concerning offering. When we're obedient to that, God promises to give back. When we're obedient to that, God promises to open up the windows of heaven, Brother rains. And pour a blessing out upon us. I'm ready to receive my blessing today. Amen. Why is that, Pastor? Because I brought my tithe this morning. And I'm ready to receive a blessing this morning. It's not mine. It's God's anyway, right? God just blessed me with it. I'm going to give back to what is rightfully His. Amen. And it's good to be able to be here to worship and able to do that this morning. Amen. Some folks, we want to fuss and we want to, we want to, we want to complain sometimes. But it's, it's a blessing to be able to pay our tithe this morning. Amen. And we give God glory for that. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus today. We ask, Lord, that you just continue to be in this house today. From every song, every word, everything that's going to be done today, Lord, let your glory be known among us today. Let your word go forth today. If there's someone here today that's lost, then let them find you today. If there's someone here that's discouraged, God, let them be encouraged today before they leave. If there's someone here that needs your touch and needs your healing today, let your healing power go forth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, God, bless the tithe and bless the offering and let it go to what you need it to go for. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says amen and amen. Worship this morning. So Father, you're welcome. You're welcome in this place. We welcome you today. We welcome you, Father. Thank you for everything you've done for us already. Thank you for what we feel and sense in our spirit today already. We give you praise. God, I just can't help but think somebody's already been blessed today. I just can't help but think somebody is on the verge of a breakthrough today. Just can't help but think, Lord, that your presence is here. And when your presence is here, somebody's going to be changed no. today. Hallelujah. We give ourselves to you, we surrender to you. With all heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you can give me just a little more volume up here, Brother Scott, please. I don't want you to think about nothing that's going on this afternoon. I don't want you to think about nothing that's going on this week. I want you to think about right now in the present. You're here today. Don't allow the enemy to come in to rob you of this moment. You're here today for a divine appointment with the Father today. You're here today for a divine move today. He's ready. And He's up to you now to make the move. And in your heart, in your spirit today, I want you to begin speaking softly to the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I'm open. Lord, I'm open today to receive whatever you want to give me. I'm open. I am surrender my heart to you today. Father, let me put everything aside. Let me get all my problems. Let me get all of my circumstances. Let me get all of my things that's bogging me down. Let, them, let me push it aside and let me receive you right now at this moment. You come in and you fix it. You come in and you take care of it. You come in. You deliver. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus we pray. Thank you Lord. You're the one that shed your blood. You're the one that gave your life. You're the one that laid it down on the cross willingly. That we might be saved and delivered today. Don't let us negate that. Don't let us forget that, Lord. And please don't let us take it for granted. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. While you remain standing and while they're playing softly, I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. Or you can just watch the screen this morning. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1. Very familiar scripture. It goes like this in verse 1. David said... Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. The king said, Is there not still someone from the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Mechor, the son of Amuel in Lodabar. When king David sent and brought him out of the house of Mechor, the son of Amuel from Lodabar, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan's sake, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. He bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? The king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I hope you are getting these scripture here called Dezeba, who was Saul's servant. He said, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and all his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him. And you shall bring in the harvest, that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son shall eat bread at my table always. Now Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants of Mephibosheth. And so Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table and he was lame at both his feet. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this thought from crippling circumstances to a covenant relationship. Father, I ask you right now that you'd open our ears. Lord, I like what I feel today. I like feeling what your presence is doing today. Let it go forth into every heart. Help my mouth and tongue to say exactly what you want me to say. Help our ears to hear exactly what you need us to hear. Lord, when I say it, it may be different to some than others, but whatever that may be, let us receive what we need to receive today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. And amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. What a powerful job they've done this morning, leading us into the presence of the Lord today. I'm going to tell you, I got those little chicken goosebumps all up and down my spine right now. Amen. I'm not just saying that. I do. I feel, Sister Jeanette, his presence in this house today. Hallelujah. Right now, after church. Let's do that after. Thank you. Um, Verse 3 in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Don't let me forget it, Vonda. 2 Samuel chapter 9, the king said, Is there still not anyone left of the house of Saul? Many of you know the story of King Saul and know the story of Jonathan and David and how close Jonathan and David was. Many of you know the story of how Saul uh, you know, got after David, for lack of better words, and was basically going to try to kill him. David came in many times with his harp and, and calmed the, the anger and calmed the stress level and calmed the anxiety of King Saul. That was the only thing that would work at that time. But, but, but as time went on, Saul got to feel like the people liked David more than Saul. And you know how jealousy goes. You know how things like that happen and pride gets into the way and, and we, we start bickering with one another and, and we start fighting with one another and all these things. And, and by and by, things took place and... And Jonathan had a son by the name of Mephibosheth. And around five years old, they was coming to take the kingdom and all of that, and Mephibosheth's uh, uh, handmaid or caregiver, so to speak, got a hold of him and run out. And as they were running out, she fell. And, and, and Mephibosheth was made lame in both of his feet. By and by, the king wanted to find somebody that was left in the house of Saul, in the house of Jonathan that he may show kindness to. Because he remembered the promises, he remembered the blood oath, if you will, that they took. And he remembered the relationship, Sister reigns that he and Jonathan had at that time. Is there anybody left? And Ziba said, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. In 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, Jonathan, we find out that Saul's son had a son who was lame in his feet, he was five years old, and it happened that as she made haste to flee that As we said earlier, that that they fell and he became lame. This little guy by the name of Mephibosheth was crippled by circumstances. I want you to get that. He was crippled by the circumstances that took place in his day and time. Now, I don't have time to stop right here, but let me me stop it just anyway and just let you know. There's many of you today that has circumstances that's going on in your life right now. It may not have been caused by you. I you understand that. Some it may have, but many of you it may not have been caused by you. But you're hindered by your circumstance. You're crippled, so to speak, by your circumstance. When you, when you take a look at this story, you see not only was there a physical evidence here, not only was there a physical circumstance, not only was that, but there was also an, an emotional circumstance. Not only an emotional circumstance, but there was also a spiritual circumstance that was taking place in this young guy's life, Mephibosheth. When you look at the physical, physical circumstances, we find out in the scriptures in chapter 4 that at the age of 5, he was dropped and he was crippled at both of his feet. Now, one foot would have been bad enough, but both feet is really bad, right? You also find that there was an emotional circumstance at the same moment, at the same time, both this guy's father and his grandfather was put to death. He had lost his family. He had lost his heritage, Sister Mavis. He had lost his lineage. You also find that there was a spiritual circumstance because now we find this Mephibosheth living in Lodabar. It was a place of a desert life. It it was living in fear, if you will. We all know that 2 Timothy 1 and 7 tells us, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and what? A sound mind. Not a confused mind, but a sound mind. Many folk today is running around confused. Many folk today is running around stressed out. Their anxiety levels is reaching all time highs. But I want to tell you, we have not given the spirit of fear, but the Lord has given you and I the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind today, man. So when you leave this house today, leave knowing that you've been blessed by an almighty God. When you leave this house today, know that you've been blessed with a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind today, amen. Many of you know when you go back and do the history, many of you know that the custom of the day was when you as a king come to destroy a, or took over a kingdom, you, you also put to death the king. And so we get the story here that the kingdom was taken over and now Jonathan was put to death and Saul was put to death. And not only that, but you find all of his family, anybody, Brother Roger, that lineage to that family, you find all of them and you put them to death. But this little sweet lady or whoever she was that had this little five-year-old boy, she made haste and she run out with with this king's son, if you will, to leave and to save his life. And in so doing, she accidentally trips. Boy, I hope y'all are getting this this morning. Sister Kathy, she falls. And this little five-year-old boy was made lame at his feet. Say, Brother Dan, that's a good story, but what has that got to do with us? Just hang on. And here he is, five years old. He's lame at both feet. He's lost his father. He's lost his grandfather. He's lost his place in the kingdom. He lost his rank. He lost his prestige. He's lost his respectability. He's lost his mobility. And he had nowhere to call home and he ended up in a place called Lodabar. When you go back and you do a name search of Mephibosheth, you'll find out that that name means destroying shame or scattering shame. In other words, it's speaking death and it's not speaking life. And he ends up in a place called Lodabar, which simply means no pastors whatsoever. It's not a good place to live. The land doesn't produce right. The land doesn't give off the offspring that it needs to give. And when David called for him, Mephibosheth, the Bible said, he fell on the floor and he calls himself a dead dog that's the way he saw himself no respect no self esteem he's lost everything that he has has known up to that time listen to me every one of us has been dropped by Adam's sin before Every one of us, every one of us has fallen before. Every one of us from time to time have been crippled by Adam's sin before and we can't walk straight many times and you may be here today and spiritually speaking you ain't walking straight today and spiritually speaking you ain't got the strength to get up and even put one step in front of the other. Many times spiritually speaking we're lame at our feet and we try to get on our feet but we fall down again because of the weight that's sitting upon us listen to me the fall of man has caused great loss but I can come to tell you today that Jesus has come to restore life unto you Jesus has come to show kindness for somebody in your household Jesus has come to let you eat at the king's table from now on you don't have to stay in a bar no more you ain't got to stay with that sigma of, 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 of defeat all over your life anymore brother Reigns because today, he's found me. Today, he has set me free. Today, he's delivered me. Today, I'm pulling myself up to the table and getting a big old fat chicken leg and eating. Amen. <laughs> Many of us are crippled by despair. Many of us are crippled by defeat. Many of us are crippled by death and disease or the past. Many of us crippled by desires and circumstances or burdens and we can go on and on. Many today are blinded by the enemy. I need to say that one more time. Because we don't think we are many times. Why, Pastor? Because we got it in our mind, this is the way it ought to go. And we justified it. But many are blinded by the enemy today. Many are are blinded by our own pride today. Many are blinded by temptations today. And you can't see the truth today. How do you know that? It happened to another guy in Judges chapter 16. She said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep. And she said, I will go out as other times before. And I'll shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord had departed from him. And you telling me that we ain't no different than Samson? Uh-uh. Because if we're not careful, we'll get to listen to all these things. And we'll think that we'll go out and we'll do as before. It's not bothering anybody. It's not offending anybody. I've not hurt anybody. It's just me and, and me and God and, 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 what, and, and what everybody else don't know ain't going to hurt them. I'll tell you, it does hurt at times. And Samson went out and he shook himself, brother, brother Sam, and he did not even know that God was not even there. David said, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? It literally means the kindness of God the kindness of God or the blessing of the Lord when you go back to genesis chapter 12 verse 1 and 3 giving you a little history lesson here the bible says now the lord said to abram get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land i will show you i'll make you a great nation and i'll bless you and i'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing i will bless those who bless you and i'll curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Do you understand, ever, ever think about how hard it was for this guy to listen to what the Lord said? I've got to get out of my own land. I've got to get out of my own country. I've got to get away from those things, Brother Keith, that, that I'm used to every day. Every one of us, when we get up every morning, we're comfortable in our own setting, right? We're comfortable in our own home. I mean, I love vacation time and we've got some vacationers back this morning and I love free time and I love getting away. But Brother Range, when that time is over, I love getting back to the house. I love getting back in my bed. I love getting back in my chair. There ain't nothing like living at the house, amen. There ain't nothing like just settling down. I can take my suit clothes off and put my old short pants on and my old holy t-shirt, giving you a mental picture this morning, and I can be comfortable in my own skin, if you will. You understand? And this guy, the Lord said, get out of your country. Get out of there, and I'm gonna make you a blessing. Not only am I gonna make you a blessing, you will be blessed, and everything you touch is going to be blessed. I'll, cur- I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. And in, all- in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What are you talking about, Pastor? In that blessing, you need to understand prosperity will come. In that blessing, you've got to know that freedom will come. In that blessing, you've got to know happiness will return. In that blessing, there's an increase of favor that's going to be on your life. You'll be able to push forward and not feel defeated, amen. You'll be able to break out and not feel like you're bound up. Well, somebody give the Lord hand clap this morning. In that blessing this morning, you'll be able to go over the top. You're not going to feel like you're underneath because of the blessing of Almighty God. What in the world's that got to do with David and Mephibosheth? Listen, the Lord way back here Brother Roger promised the blessing. Do you not know that you're part of Abraham's covenant? You're part of the covenant of Abraham that God made with Abraham. I'm not saying a promise. I'm said a covenant. I'm going to go a little somewhere in a little bit about this covenant thing that we we won't talk about a whole lot. But there's something more binding in a covenant than a promise. Promises are made to be broken. Right? That's the old cliche. And many times they are broken. But you better not break a covenant. There's something a little different about a covenant. we will talk about that in just a little bit. In that blessing, Psalms 35 and 27 says this, The Lord, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. In that blessing, we're told that abundance is going to be there. John 10 and 10 tells us, The thief does not come to accept to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I have come, that you may have life, and that you may have it more Everybody say more. more. Say it one more time. More. more. Let's do it one more time. More. more. More than enough. More abundant. More of everything in that blessing. What does that mean? It means blessing is going to be thick around your house. Amen. It means blessing is going to be abounding at your house. It means blessing is going to be crowned full at your house. Amen. Some of y'all, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about, it, but some of y'all got a favorite food, right? And you go to the bar, whether where it's a restaurant or at your house or whatever, and you got that favorite food, you're gonna cram it full in that little pocket or whatever because you like it, right? Dad likes banana pudding. Others, of you like this or you like that, you're going to cram that full because you know. Sister Sue used to make banana pudding. Sister Sue, I'm giving you a little little insight this morning. Used to make banana pudding sometimes for us men's uh, fellowship. Can I tell you, Sister Sue, that when we got out there, we had to watch Daddy and Wendell because if Daddy and Wendell got to the... Where's Wendell at? He ain't even in here. When, When Daddy and Wendell got to the banana pudding first, there ain't nothing left for the rest of us guys because they got that bowl and they crammed full that banana pudding in that bowl and we started having to hide that stuff so they wouldn't be the first one to get it because they enjoyed it. going I tell you, the blessing that God is going to be in your life is going to be packed full. It's going to be crammed full. It's going to be intense. It's simply going to be more than enough. Amen. More than enough. In that blessing, not only will abundance come or restoration will come. What are you talking about? I'm talking about inheritance, place, where is your place this morning? Mephibosheth had lost his place, but he found out in verse 7, hey, I, I'm getting invited to the king's house. I, I didn't expect this. I just woke up thinking this is going to be another ordinary day. I, I, I woke up this morning thinking I'm just going to have to have the help that I've been getting from my, from my son and my family and all these things. I, it's just going to be another ordinary day, but all of a sudden, here comes a king's servant, and he's wanting me to come to his house. Now, you got to understand My dad was killed. My grandfather was killed. Why does he want me to come? I'm part of that family too. Maybe he wants to put me to death. Maybe he wants to finally get rid of all that lineage of that household of Saul. I'm the last one. Maybe maybe he wants to bring me and my son and my family or whatever's left in my house and kill us too so he ain't got no problem with us anymore. Just wipe us off the face of the earth you got to understand that would have been a thought i would have had and you may have had that too but in that blessing comes restoration he found out that what place that he had lost he's going to regain his place say man of inheritance In verse 10, not only that, that blessing is going to come and you're going to regain the position that maybe you had or the lordship, uh, the title that that they have given you in verse 10. In verse 11, not only that, you'll find out that you're not only just an old lame duck, you're a king's son still and you've got a purpose for existing. You've got a purpose for living. In verse 13, the Bible says Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem and he ate continually at the king's table and he was lame in both feet. Can I come by to tell you tonight church That step out of your condition today I don't know what your condition is But step out of your condition today And step into the position That God has got you on today Step into that position Of the road and the place That God wants you to walk today Amen God doesn't want his people to be living like beggars When we're supposed to be living like a king Amen Potential is released When you're in the right position Your potential is released when you're at the right place of where God wants you to be. Now listen to me. This is a problem that we have. So often, I said just a few minutes ago, we've lost sight of really where God wants us because we've accepted who we are. We've justified some things in our life. We've justified actions, Brother Roger, that maybe we shouldn't have done. We've justified our lifestyle that that it goes against the Word of God and, and we're not making it right with Him. And we're just going by and we're just doing and we're just living because, hey, everything's okay. I feel pretty good. Well, can I tell you, sin does feel pretty good for a while. What, pastor? You're supposed to be preaching against sin. Let me see a show of hands. How many, how many would agree with me that sin does feel good for a while? Half of you. The rest of you are lying. Yeah, It does. But it ain't going to stay that way. Sin will destroy. Sin will mess up. Sin will take you places you don't want to go. Sin will cost you things that you ain't want to pay. It will create havoc in your life. It will create decisions in your life that you wish you would have never made. Because sin will do that. He comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. But potential in you is released when you make it right with God. And get things right. David said, where is he? Where is he? Where is this guy by the name of Mephibosheth? I've come to tell you, God is saying today, where is he? God is saying, where is she today? God has placed a position and a purpose in our heart today. And what he's wanting us to do today is simply come to the table and eat at the king's table today. Amen. Amen. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 4 says this, He brought me to the banqueting table. His banner.'" Over me is love. Sustain me with cakes of raisins. Refresh me with apples. For I am lovesick. <laughs> I'm not trying to preach a marriage sermon this morning. That's a good scripture right there. He brought me to the banqueting house. His banner over me is love. He has a place at the table for you this morning. Well, when I get to the table, pastor, what's going to be there? Favor is going to be there. Favor is going to be at the table. Feasting is going to be at the table. Fellowship is going to be at the table. Amen. Romans 8 and 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs, Sister Lawson, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified glorified with him. Can I tell you my partner today is Jesus Christ. I ain't got no better partner than him. He walks with me and he talks with me. He listens to me. He prays for me. He lays his hands upon me. He touches me. He strengthens me. He's for me. He ain't against me today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm tired of my crippling circumstance. I need to move to a covenant relationship. It's there. We've just got to make the move. We've got to make the move. Now listen, many of you have moved before. Moving is not fun sometimes. One of the hardest moves Karen and I done when we moved across the street over at Cherry Street, we lived in a little house that, that Larry, you and Eloise used to live in. I think the church bought that house and Karen and I moved in there when we, when we got married. And while we were living there, we built, me and Dad built a duplex across the street, just across the street. I mean, it's just across the street. But that was one of the hardest moves I ever moved. Why is that? I don't know why, other than you pick everything up and you just walk across the street with it. And then you go back and you get another handload of bag and you walk back across the street. It wasn't like we loaded in a truck. We just walked across the street with it. Now, I know that was probably stupid, but that's what we did. We didn't have nothing else. We had our two arms and we had our feet. My point I want to make to you, there's sometimes... That moving is difficult. Hold on now. Because there's things I don't want to give up. There's things I don't want to do without. There's things I feel like I can't live without. And I don't want to let go of those items. I don't want to let go of those things because right now they've attached themselves to me. Right now I feel like I you know I've got to have those tangible material things in my life to exist. I've got to have my prestige. I've got to have my pride. I've got to have my bank account. I've got to have my friends no matter who they are. Uh-oh. And the Lord wants us to move that we may be glorified together. You and I, we may have been in a cripple, crippling circumstances when we got here this morning. But I'm going to tell you, I've made up my mind I'm not staying there. I'm not going to stay there. I need to move into a covenant relationship. I want to show you something that, I, that we very rarely preach. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 3 and 4. Jonathan, the Bible says Jonathan made a covenant with David. Everybody say covenant. Because he loved him as himself. He loved him as himself. The Bible says, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and he gave it to David along with his tunic. And even his sword, even his bow, and even his belt. Why did he do that, Pastor? The custom of the day was, if you want to join forces with someone, if you want to be blood brothers, so to speak, you want to form a covenant relationship you would offer those things. And it said two or three things. The making of a covenant. And listen to me, moms and dads and husbands and wives. This goes back to us and our relationship with one another. And our marriage with one another. Sometimes we promise this. I promise to, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health. But about 10 years, 15 years down the road, I'm tired of you being sick. About 10, 15 years down the road, you ain't got no money no more. About 10, 15 years down the road, you don't look like you used to look. You've put on a few pounds. Your hair's turning gray or it's turning loose. You got wrinkles in your face. And you don't talk to me the same way like you used to talk to me when we were dating. When we were dating, you used to send me flowers. Now you just give me a hard time. When we were dating, you we used to put a card every now and then and maybe write a note with a soap bar on the, on the mirror. Now all I get is a smell in the bathroom. <clears throat> Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. That's where we are. And if we're not careful, we lose sight of what we laid, on our, laid our eyes on a few years earlier. Because things change. We change. I'm telling you, we change. Go back to your wedding day. I looked at mine and Karen's wedding picture a few days ago. Actually, I think David Weinrich put it on there at our anniversary. You found it somehow. I don't know how you found that. But anyway, I looked at that picture and said, who are those people? I didn't recognize those people anymore. Because we had changed so much. We were so young. I was skinty. I had hair. Karen She looked good still. (laughs) I'm wising up in my old age. (laughs) Things changed. But look here. And so David and Jonathan, they, they made a covenant with one another. And the making of a covenant, this is what I want you to understand, making of a covenant was a serious, serious business in biblical times. It's not so much anymore. But it was serious business. It was the strongest bond known to man both businesses and, and personal application even, depending on who it was, they extended not only to them people, but also to the descendants of the two that made the covenant. It just stepped down from family generation to generation. A covenant was solemnized by a great ceremony. It was put together by this great ritual. First of all, the Bible talks about this in Genesis chapter 15. Several animals were cut in half and they were arranged along a path. Their purpose was to symbolize the penalty for breaking the covenant. Two men entering into the covenant relationship, they walked between and around the animal parts in a figure eight. Did they really do that, Pastor? That's what Genesis tells us, to form this covenant. An eight on its side is the symbol for infinity. It continues on and on and on and on. And that was to show that they understood that exactly it would be, they would be committed to one another forever. Think about this. When God entered into his covenant with Abraham, promising him an heir and giving him the promised land, he was the only one, God was, God was the only one who walked between the animals. That meant that only he was bound to the terms. There was nothing that Abraham had to do. Matter of fact, when you go back and look, the land was given because God put him to sleep so he couldn't participate. Why is that, Pastor? Because if man had participated, he would have woke up one day and said, Well, God, I'm going to break this because I had a part in this. This is what I've done. I'm going to take my part back. God done it all. He done everything. Jesus done it all. He's the one that paid the price. You didn't pay it. He's the one that hung on the cross. You didn't hang there. He's the one that shed his blood. You didn't shed a drop for you. Sometimes we think we do, but we ain't done nothing. Jesus done it all. He's the one that paid everything, He's the one that sacrificed everything. There was nothing Abraham could do, put him to sleep. And so this land was given to Abraham and his descendants unconditionally that would go on and on and on and on and on. And on, Sister Marilyn, till even today, that we're here today, we're part of the Abrahamic covenant. We're still receiving the same blessing. We're still part of that covenant relationship with Almighty God. Hallelujah. We still can receive the blessing that God promised to Abraham. Every step we put, God says, I'm there with you. Every step I take, I know that he's with me. Every breath I breathe, I know that I'm breathing the breath of God that he places in my life. Hallelujah. Caleb, if you will, come and play just softly. I've got, I've got a few more things I want to talk to you about. There were seven symbolic steps. I want to give this. I think this will help, help some of you when we're talking a covenant relationship. Seven symbolic acts. Each of these acts are designed to underscore the seriousness of the covenant that people made with one another. And the reason I'm giving this this morning, I, I, want us to, I want us to come back to this idea that, God, you made a covenant with me. We've promised this and we've promised that, but I want to go beyond the promise. There's a covenant thing here that's going on. And it, and it, and it talks about the seriousness of it. And in this passage that we looked at, David and Jonathan, they're, they're formalizing their covenant with, with the first two that I'm fixing to give. Each man handed his outer garment to the other. Symbolizing that everything belonging to one, Sister Mavis, also belonged to the other. I'm gonna give you my coat. Give you my coat. Who else has got a coat on in here besides me? Anybody? I'm the only goofy one in here this day. Somebody got a sweater. Got a. You got a coat. Come here, Brother Sam. Can you can you climb these stairs? You know you don't have to put it on. Yes, come on up here. Me and Brother Sam is going into a covenant relationship. I'm going to give him my coat. What size you wear? Don't matter. See if you can wear that. (laughs) That means I'm bigger than you. Okay. Now, (laughs) this is embarrassing. Would, would die, yeah. Don't lose the point. Should have thought about this ahead of time. We've we've exchanged coats because we're going into a covenant relationship with one another. I've exchanged coats and garments with him because what I want him to understand. And he wants me to understand that everything I have is now his. Everything he's got is now mine. We're brothers. We're in a covenant relationship. And it's not easily, it's not easily broken. It's not easily broken. And matter of fact, if you do break it, there's penalties. Thank you, Brother Sam. I appreciate that. If you break it, there's a penalty. And you've got to be careful for breaking of the covenant. The second thing the Bible says that they've done, they exchange sword. They exchange a bow. And they exchange other weapons. What was meant by that is they pledged themselves to one another's defense. Placing his power, as it were, at the other's disposal. If you're in trouble, you just call on me. If things get hot, you call on me. I'm there for you. If it gets hot for you, you call upon me. I'll be there. The third thing we find out from Scripture is that they cut each other on the wrist to make blood flow. And they joined their right hands and their forearms together in a gesture that we generally use today as the modern handshake. When they cut themselves, Brother Roger, they cut themselves in a fashion that when it healed, they could see the scar. And it reminded them that every time they looked at that scar, I'm in a covenant relationship with my brother the fourth thing is they let the cut heal as I just told you not only did they recognize it but and when anybody else saw that scar they would know hey they're in a covenant with this brother over here they're in a covenant relationship the fifth thing that I found out is that they shared a ceremonial meal together usually of bread and usually of wine it was another way of uniting them since this day of, of this Middle Eastern culture of this day. They shared the same loaf like we would do communion with one another. Because when we take communion, we remember the Lord's body. We remember what He'd done for us. You find that in Genesis chapter 14. The first mention of that is Melchizedek and Abraham. Even then, Abraham was getting ready to get set up, Sister Rains, for to receive the Abrahamic Covenant. The other thing is still another way that they took part of this. Similar, that the bride takes the name of the groom in our culture. When God entered into a covenant with Abram, he changed his name to Abraham. Now think about this. When he changed his name to Abraham, it requires us to exhale when we speak his name. And the exhaled breath symbolizes the Ruach spirit of mighty God of God Jehovah, or Elohim. And finally, they built a monument or a memorial to the ceremony. This could be something as simple as a pile of stones, or either a complex uh, uh, stack of stones, or, or a forest, or whatever the case may be, of wood that they, that they cut down, just as Jacob and Laban formed their covenant in Genesis chapter 30. And they went through this ceremony, Because their lives depended on their covenant partners. Their lives depended on their covenant partners. There could be no doubt in their minds as to each other's reliability that if I call upon you, you will be there. Now listen to me. In closing today, many of us today are in crippling circumstances. We're dealing with things right now that you think nobody else knows about and they may not except you and God. You're making decisions now. Nobody else knows about those decisions except for you of what your future is going to be. Some of you may be here this morning and you're contemplating suicide. You're in a divine moment today because you can't handle the stuff that you're dealing with. Some of you here this morning, you may be thinking, I'm leaving, I'm gone, I'm getting out of this place, I'm getting out of this city. You're in a divine moment today. I'm tired of my lifestyle. I'm tired of the way I feel. I'm scared I'm fearful. You've not been given the spirit of fear. But God says you've been given the spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind. Don't you allow the enemy to come in and wreak havoc on you? Uh-uh. Don't you allow him to do that? You speak to that devil. You tell him to get away. Some of you is in this place. You need healing today. Don't you listen to him that he tells you that you can't be healed? Marilyn, you can be healed. You can be. You know it. You can be healed. There's many of you that you know you can be healed. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to the naysayer. Don't listen to what they tell you. Well, no, you just got to learn to live with that. No, you don't. Well, pastor, this is my life and this is my marriage. So what? You ain't got to live like that. It can be better. It can be sweeter. Sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. Your walk with God can be better. It can. It can. But you've got to realize that I'm in a crippling circumstance And brother David, I've got to pick myself up and I've got to move to a covenant relationship with Almighty God. Mephibosheth was out in Lodabar, a place of nothingness, a place of barrenness, a place of no pastors, no life whatsoever, no growth whatsoever. Ziba came and said, hey, king's looking for you. Now, if I was Mephibosheth, I'd have been a little scared. But somehow or another, they brought this young man to the king. David said, Are you Mephibosheth? And he said, At your service. Just will let you know, I'm David. Probably didn't have to tell him that, but he knew it. Now, I don't know what all they talked about, but in my mind, Brother Adam, I can just imagine, say, Hey, just will let you know that me and your dad, we was just like this. Me and your dad, we done a lot of things together. Your dad saved me from your grandfather many times when he was wanting to kill me. Me and your dad stayed out all night together before just laughing and cutting up and hunting, just spending time. Matter of fact, me and your dad, we, we made a covenant with one another one day. and We shared garments and he gave me his bow and all of the things symbolizing to me that Whatever I have need of, he, it's there at, his, at my disposal. Me and your dad was tight. And I found out the other day that you were still around. I just want to let you know, Mephibosheth, you ain't got to be afraid no more. I want to show you God's kindness. I want to show you my kindness. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to kill you. I'm not here to break you. I'm not here anymore to destroy your family. As a matter of fact, Ziba, you took care of Saul and all his family, and so now I want you, and I want your sons, and I want all of your servants who used to take care of his grandfather, I want you to take care of this guy right now. Matter of fact, not only do I want you to make sure that he gets his clothes on every day and he gets a bath, I want you to go out and tend to his fields. I want you to plow them up. Pull out the weeds. Pull out those stuff that that couldn't, that, that's there that, that that would stop the harvest. Make the harvest grow so that his family will be able to eat from now on. But for Mephibosheth, you don't want you to worry about anything. Because from now on, you're going to sit at my table. You're going to eat. I'm talking to somebody today. The Lord's talking to you from now on if you'll just listen to him. I want you to sit at my table from now on. You can pull yourself up any time. I've, I've told y'all over and over again at my mom and dad's house, I don't ask anymore when I walk in and I want something. I just go and get it. Why? Because that's mom and daddy. It's so it's such a wonderful picture. Brother Keith, I don't ask if she's got a dessert there. If I want it, I'll go get a piece. Now, she may tell me, don't eat it because it's for something else, but I'm going to go get a piece. I went over there yesterday she said, hey, you need any cucumbers? Yep. You need any tomatoes? Yep. You need any squash? Yep. I didn't have to plant them. I didn't have to buy them. <laughs> I'm about to go somewhere right now. All I did is go up and receive the harvest. Because mama offered it to me. Daddy offered it to me. God the Father is offering it to you today. He's offering you tomatoes. He's offering you squash. He's offering you blessing. Blessing up on top of blessing today. Hallelujah. And all I got to do is come to the table. Let's come to the table. Is everything perfect in your life? Probably not. It ain't perfect in my life either. It wasn't perfect in Mephibosheth's life. I'm lame at both feet. But I'm still able to pull up to the king's table every day. I'm there. I'm able to pull up and sup. With well, all heads bowed and eyes closed. Very quickly. I'm not going to prolong this altar call. But I'm going to tell you. There's something burning in my heart and burning in my spirit today. If you're here today. Whether you're in the balcony. Whether you're on this main floor. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need to, pull to the, I need to pull up to the table today. If that's you. Don't sit there any longer. Get up. And come to this altar. You can stand. You can kneel. Whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. However you're most comfortable. You come sit on the front pew. I don't care. But just make an effort to come forward today. To receive your blessing today. Don't stay in the crippling circumstance today. Be willing to get up. And to go to receive a covenant relationship with Almighty God today. Today is your day. It's your day. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, in the name of Jesus, we pull up to the table today. In the name of Jesus, we come to the table today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we come to you today. We don't know where else to go. We don't know where else to turn. We come to you, oh God, today in the name of Jesus.